Welcome to the Cowie Baptist Church podcast. To learn more about Cowie, including in our gathering times, visit us online at cowie.church. Enjoy the message. Be safe, okay? Enjoy that banana pudding, man. Um, I am very humbled and honored to be here. I had a great time uh, getting to know your pastor and his wife, Sherry, last night. And God has given you a very, very good pastor, a very humble pastor, a pastor who has a very sincere heart. That would be a good place for amen, but that's okay. Um, but I am glad that to be here. We, uh, Viv and I had a great time uh, over the weekend, kind of just reminiscing, driving around and seeing what God is doing and what God continues to do in this beautiful area of, of Cowie. I bring you greetings from our children. Uh, Cameron is now 24. He is serving as a minister of youth at a church just outside of Camelsville. Uh, he'll be wrapping up his studies in the pastoral track at Camelsville, and then, Lord willing, he'll be starting his Master of Theology degree at Camelsville. We're going out this west in November to talk uh, to church planners. He's praying about that role of God's calling in his life. And then my daughter, Caitlin, is 20 going on 30. She just finished a missions trip, internship, if you please, in New York City. Uh, and she has to go to Germany now to complete her studies. Uh, what little hair I have now is going to be continued to fall out. And, uh, but we are very, very thankful. Um, my wife, Vivian, is still young. And she's, I'm not, <laughs> not going to get the age there, you know. But, but she teaches middle school uh, in uh, Vine Grove, Kentucky. And, yes, I do serve as an association mission strategist uh, for 52 churches uh, back in our association in Kentucky. I uh, do a lot of networking, but mainly what I do as an AMS or director of missions is I counsel a lot of pastors and staff. So, beloved, I, I know that you will do well in Clergy Appreciation Month for your pastor and staff, but my prayer is also that as God brings your staff to mind, that you would encourage them, pray for them, let them know that, that they have your heart and your deep appreciation to them. The brother said that I was here for six years, and I I have to be honest with you because I'm behind the pulpit, but uh, uh, that helps. Please don't send the lightning. But anyway, um, six of the best years of my life, Uh, and I tell that to to everybody. Uh, I, I praise God for you to fellow pastors. I tell them Everybody, I hope and pray, has a Cowie Baptist-type church in their ministry. Uh, to God be the glory. Uh, they, they were phenomenal. I had the opportunity, and I saw some of those dear saints on the screen, most recently Jack Diller, uh, who've gone on to be with the Lord. They were phenomenal people. And I, I thank God that I had the opportunity and the privilege to serve with such pillars of faith. And now we are celebrating homecoming. A very, very special time in the life of, of this beloved church. And one of the things that I always treasured about Cowie Baptist when I was here is the deep, deep love that you all have for one another. And it, I think that that was one of your unity, uh, the call for strength and unity was so, so prominent among you all. And that's why I admire the brother for choosing the theme of of oneness and unity this weekend. So we're going to continue to build on that. If you have your Bible, how you do it, your hard cover, your electronic device, I want you to take it and turn with the John 17. John 17. And then we're going to go from there to the focal passage in Romans 15. 
And then we'll go to Nehemiah chapter 3, and then we'll go to the gospel of Jason Smith, okay, in just a moment. So after that, so, you know, we're going to start out in John 17, Romans 15, the Nehemiah chapter 3, and then we'll turn it over to Jason. In John 17, verse 11 and 2021, we read the prayer of our Lord Jesus Christ. He prayed this prayer shortly before he went to the cross to die for our sins, not his, but for ours. And he had, a, had us on his mind some 2,000 years ago as he prayed for this theme of oneness among his believers, among his disciples. And we see that here. And as we look at this dear passage and really throughout the sermons this morning, our prayer is and our, our time of reflection is simply this. Am I doing everything I can to be a, a part of our Lord's prayer answer? Am I doing everything that I can to make sure that we are one in him? So close your eyes for just a moment and hear the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. No distractions. Just concentrate on what our Lord prays in verse 11 and following. Here's what he prays. I'm no longer in the world, and yet they themselves are the world. I come to you, Holy Father, keep them in your name, the name which you've given me, that they may be one even as we are. I do not ask on behalf of these alone, but for those also who believe in me through your word, that they may be one even as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us so that the world may believe that you sent me. The glory which you've given me, I've given to them, that they may be one, just as we are one. Beloved, let's talk with our Father. God, we thank you that our Lord Jesus Christ had us on his mind. As we gather this day, we pray that we are indeed are one. We pray that the oneness of our Lord, the prayer request that he had, Father, that we are doing all that we can to be unified and one in the bond of our Lord Jesus Christ. Teach us through your word. Teach us through the quiet reflections that you have given us this day to, Lord, be one and united in our Lord Jesus Christ. That, Father, just as you are in him and he in you, may we, Father, be attached to the vine because we know Lord, apart from the vine, we can do nothing. And so teach us, Father, these truths this day. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Now in Romans 15, which is the center passage that your pastors picked out, we read in verse 5 and following, Now may the God who gives perseverance and encouragement... And he's talking about getting these things from the Scriptures. If you read prior to that, that's what God gives us as we read the Scriptures. He gives us perseverance and encouragement. Grant that you may be of the same mind with one another according to Christ Jesus. So with one accord you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore accept one another just as Christ also accepted us to the glory of God. Now Paul tells us in this passage here that God gives. That God gives us and we study the word in time with him. God gives us perseverance. He gives us 
that ability, that capability to endure hard things. That is, child of God, if you and I are going through a hard time in life, we turn to the Word of God because the promise that we have here is that God will give us that ability, that capability to endure. And along with that perseverance, God gives us the encouragement that we need, the, the blessed encouragement that we need. And then Paul says this, as we read the Word, Paul's prayer is that we also be of the same mind. That's what he says. May the God who gives perseverance and encouragement grant to you to be of the same. He's talking to the church at Rome, all the believers in the church at Rome, that they be like-minded. Now, what's it like, child of God, to be, as a believer in Christ, what's it like to be like-minded? What's it like for us to have the same mind? Well, let me illustrate how we don't have the same mind. There was a situation here in 2004 where some of us were not on the same mind. For example, it happened December the 4th, 2004. I will not forget that day, okay, as a pastor. Now, stay with me. In 2004, some of you dear people gave me two tickets to go watch North Carolina play Kentucky at Chapel Hill. Beloved, you were on the same mind with me, okay? And so I, yeah, thank you. I saw that hand, dear brother. Anyway, and so I took Cameron because Viv had to stay with Caitlin. By the way, she's never let me forget that, but anyway. And so Cameron and I go, and that was the year that North Carolina beat us 91 to 78. And that was a long trip home, but also the 2005 is when y'all won the championship. I drove back that night, and as those of you who've ever had to teach Sunday school or preach, you know that you still got to do some editing, some polishing up, and some praying over the message before Sunday, because Sunday's coming, okay? And so Sunday morning is a time to be focused. It's the sermon. It's the message. Y'all who teach Sunday school, you know it's a time to be focused. And so that's what I was trying to do. And you recall, some of you recall in, in those days that I would always, as my custom, follow the choir out. That was special times for me. And to be you know, sometimes the hardest steps are from here to here, to the pulpit, spiritually speaking. Now, I don't know what happened that Sunday morning, but as I rounded the door there, I heard snickers and laughter. <laughs> and I thought, what in the world is going on? And I come in here, and apparently some sinners had stopped in and infiltrated the balcony up there. Yeah, they're still there, okay. And I came in and draped over where that screen is with this glorious North Carolina tapestry. I come close, Ronnie, to changing the sermon from turn the other cheek or love your enemies. I don't know, but anyway, good time. We were not on the same mind, but we had fun at my expense. Anyway, look at verse 7 where Paul talks about the importance of accepting one another. He says there that with one accord that you may be with one voice glorifying the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, here's what I, I thank God for you about this. Because Beloved Cowie, I have seen what you can do when you are of the same mind in the will of God. I really have. For example, one of the, the key moments of my ministry was what happened here 
when we broke ground for this building next door to us, there are, there are some moments that I always thank God for uh, about, well, all six years here, but I mean, that one was a highlight for me. Because you recall that we had, we were the same mind. God had stirred our hearts about this new building here, and so we were on the same mind. And God led us to break ground on Easter Sunday. And you recall Easter Sunday place was packed. But also God had given me an idea to challenge you all. And by the way, you always lived up to the challenge. But that day, God had laid on my heart to, to challenge you all on Easter Sunday to give $100,000 for the groundbreaking. Well, there was one individual, bless his heart, he came up to me and said, I don't know, preacher, that's the kind of high standard. I said, well, dear person, what would you have done? And he said, maybe thirty, thirty-five thousand. 35000 I said, well, I'm just a simple preacher from Kentucky. I was just doing what God called me to do because I believed in you, and I still do. And so that day came place was packed everybody was excited because it's easter and we're, we're breaking ground we took a, a shovel and had spray painted it goats and everybody was encouraged to take you know take pictures that was before selfies anyway but we took pictures out here and everybody because i wanted everybody who wanted to to do that because you were investing in the future of this church and you still are and so we were out there we we're having a good time waiting for the counters to finish counting and we were also wondering, well, are we going to reach the goal? And so one of the counters came out, and, and she gave me the piece of paper, and I got everybody's attention, and, and y'all were standing around, you know, semi-circle around me. And I said something like this. I said, I don't remember it verbatim because, you know, I'm getting older. Anyway, um, I'm glad nobody said amen on that one. But anyway, <laughs> thank you. Uh, and so we're standing around, and I, I took the piece of paper, and I looked at it, and I said, I want to thank God for you, and I want to thank God for the sacrifices that many of you made. While we did not reach our goal of 100000 by God's grace, we gave 92000 Well, everybody, you know, was just, you know, and there was one individual, I will not name him, but he was in front of me, and I thought he was going to pass out. His eyes got really big, his mouth, I thought, well, he's going to be slain in the spirit right here. And so it was an incredible day for me. And a couple of days later, we, we got a call from the church office, and some lady was not here. We gave her permission. No, I'm kidding. And uh, she said, Preacher, I heard about what happened. And she said, I'm going to cut a check for $8,000 and to be in the mail this week. Now, that's, what, beloved, that's why I believe in you. That's why you're among the best of the best. That's why I believe that when you are on the same mind with God's plan for your life, that there is nothing that you cannot do together with God. And so I, I, I believe in you. And Paul says, in addition to be of the same mind, of being one, he says, now you have to accept one another. He, look at what he says there in verse 7, so that we accept one another. Now, what's our motive to accept one another? What, what is our motive to accept one another? Well, we see it here in this passage here. Why is it important that we accept one another? Why is it important that you and I, as a body of believers, accept those that God brings through our doors, regardless? Because that's what Paul teaches here. I mean, when outsiders come into our, our church, we are to welcome them with open arms, which you all do a phenomenal job of. And they join the church. But then if they begin to get in leadership positions and have new ideas and new changes, are we then willing to accept them? 
I mean, what happens when they want to bring changes? Well, our motive again on accepting others is because Jesus accepted us. Jesus accepted every one of us. I mean, think about this. Beloved, where would you be if Jesus Christ had not accepted you? Now, we think about that. Where would you be right now had someone not been used of God to come in and share the plan of salvation with you? And where would you be right now in your life? What about your family, your loved ones, your circ- Hello. circle of friends here? Where, where would you be? See, we are to accept one another, and Paul says this is why. Because Jesus Christ accepted us. See, that's past tense. He, you have been accepted. If you are, are a Christian, you have been accepted by Jesus Christ. Now, what do I mean by that? It means that at some point in your life, you realize that you are a sinner in need of the Savior. Because all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. And we agreed because the Holy Spirit was convicting us in our hearts, I have to do this. And so we changed the direction of our lives. We repented. We believed in what the Bible said about Jesus Christ. Yes, John 3, 16 means whosoever, that whosoever is us. And that we confessed him as our Lord, that we believed that Christ Jesus died on the third day. God raised him from the dead, and we confessed him as our Lord and Savior. And when we did that, by faith, the precious Lord of Lords says, I accept you. That's our motive for accepting one another. We accept one another, Paul says, why? Because God then gets the glory. See, everything that you and I do is for God's glory, not for self. What happens here, what happens in worship, what's happening in crossover, everything that we do is that we bring glory to God. That's why we do what we do. We're to bring glory and honor to Almighty God. Now turn to Nehemiah chapter 3. Turn to Nehemiah chapter 3 because Nehemiah chapter 3 gives us a beautiful illustration of what happens when God's people are working together as one. Nehemiah chapter 3, they had been under threat of enemies Things had not been going well. There were people who were opposed to Nehemiah's vision. And by the way, anytime God's at work, there is going to be opposition. So you and I as believers have got to stay prayed up. But here's what we see happening as a result of working together. Nehemiah chapter 3, verse 1 and following. Then Eliashib, the high priest, arose with his brothers, the priest, and built the sheep gate. They consecrated it and hung its doors. They consecrated the wall to the Tower of the Hundred and the Tower of Hananel. Next to him, the men of Jericho built. Next to them, Zachor and the son of Emery. Now the sons of Hanassah built the fish gate, and they laid its beams and hung its doors with its boats and its bars. And the next time that you have a quiet moment with God and you look over chapter 3, there are a couple of phrases that stand out as you go down chapter 3. Phrases like, and next to them, or after them, or next to them. They were all working together. The Bible will tell you that. They were serving side by side. Why were they serving side by side? Because Nehemiah says they had a mind to work. Beloved, do you have a mind to stay united? Do you have a mind to be one in the body of the Lord Jesus Christ? 
How will you, like Nehemiah 3, how will you use your talent, your gifts that God's given you and going forward? What's it going to take for you all to have a mind going forward of working together? Well, in this passage and really in life, one of the important things is time management. Now, what do I mean by that? You and I know that we have, if we want to do something, we'll do it. We really will. Time and time, we will make time to do what we really, really want to do. And we, we know this to be true. For example, whenever I've visited a homebound or somebody that was in a nursing home, not here, but elsewhere, I always knew that if I went at a certain time when their favorite TV show was on, I could forget it. <laughs> there was no visiting going on there. For example, if I went in like at 6 o'clock when uh, that dear person's favorite wheel of fortune was going on, I could come in, I would say, how are you doing? Hi, preacher. And I would sit down, and they were focused right there. I could have got up and sung and danced. It wouldn't matter. You know, I, I could have I you know, stood up and done something. It would, they were focused. And for the next 30 minutes, we sat there together and enjoyed the wheel of fortune. Because, I mean, you, you can forget. See, we, when we, something really matters to us, we'll make time to do that. Nehemiah made a sacrifice. His people made a sacrifice. Child of God, we'll, doing what God calls us to do in the spirit of unity and oneness will require sacrifice. It will require us to accept one another regardless of that individual's past. And by the way, we've all got a past. And I'm glad mine's going to stay there. I tell my kids, I'm glad cell phones and selfies didn't exist when I was your age. I probably, no, I won't go there. But anyway. So, to support being one. We have to agree with God that we're going to serve side by side next to one another. Weeks, perhaps months from now, I hope to get an email from dear brother Jason, maybe even a video showing that who's serving side by side because you have a mind to work. And continuing to build on the legacy of those who've laid a good foundation for this beloved church. Hear the words again of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm no longer in the world, and yet they themselves are in the world. I come to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name, the name which you have given me, that they may be one even as we are. I do not ask on behalf of these alone, but for those also who believe in me through their word, that they may be one, even as you, Father, and I in me, and I in you, that they also may be in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. The glory which you've given me, I've given to them, that they may be one, just as we are one. Let's talk with God, and then we'll turn it over to your pastor. Almighty God, we thank you for your word. The word that grants us perseverance and encouragement. The word that gives us guidance and ability 
to be the same mind. We're passing through. It's not about us. We're building on the foundation of Jesus Christ. We sit in this sanctuary, this campus, this location, because you gave those who came before us a vision, and they sacrificed. And, Lord, they are now our cloud of witnesses, encouraging us on. And someday we will join them. And we pray, Father, that we live a legacy that brings glory and honor to you. Now, bless Brother Jason as he now shares your word. In Christ's name, amen. Thank you. Amen and amen. What a, what a great word uh, from Dr. Edwards this morning. And, you know, it uh, was a blessing to me for him to pray over me and, and for uh, him to pray for our church in these moments. But I am so grateful to know that every one of us, that Jesus was praying for us. For all of us, all of those who would believe on his name. You know, as Sean shared, I was thinking, you know, are we doing everything we can? Are we living in unity with the same mind in the will of God? And I'm so glad that those were things that he shared. And I'm, I'm excited next week to, to really lean into what it looks like to walk in the will of God. Some things that we know from his word. And, you know, it's been in unity on mission that Cowie Baptist Church has been a lighthouse in this valley for 195 years. And as I think about this passage, as I think about what God is calling us to in the days ahead, I, I want to share three things from this passage in Romans 15. Uh, I'm going to do that very quickly this morning. Uh, but the first thing I want to share, and, and Sean uh, shared a bit about just the, the foundation of the encouragement that we have, that it is in the Word of God. And God has called the people of Cowie, He has called uh, His church to be a people who will walk in unity and a people who will walk in unity with one heart in the word of God. It is the word of God that is our foundation. We submit ourselves as the people of God to the authority of his word. Uh, as we read in Romans 15, four, the scripture says, whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction so that through perseverance and the encouragement of the scriptures that we might have hope. It is through the encouragement, uh, it is through the perseverance and encouragement of the scriptures that the people of Cowie have had hope. Uh, in 1828, it was a, with a heart of obedience to the word of God that Humphrey Posey, a missionary to the Cherokee Indians, saw a people and a place, a people where the, the cultivation of God's children could grow a, a place that, that he would look out and, and say, you know, these fields are, are fit for Harvest, perhaps in those moments, Matthew 28, 19 was on his heart with this call that we have to go and make disciples of all the nations. It was in those moments where elders Humphrey Posey and Stephen White met with a group desiring a church in Cowie Valley. They met uh, on March 15th of 1828 in the Kaler Schoolhouse and a church began with its first 15 members. 
so many blessings since that day. You know, as I look around and as I look at your faces, I'm reminded that God's plans are always bigger than we think or realize. So many blessings that have transpired since then. Uh, in 1830, there was a, a log cabin structure that was erected across the road on Highway 28, and they began uh, to meet there. Uh, in 1870, a new board church was built, and, uh, and I read about how that board church was skidded across the road and was uh, now where our cemetery is, but was skidded across the road for $7. Isn't that amazing, right? And, and people gathered and they worshiped and they, and they read the word of God and they sung about the greatness of God. Now things looked much different then. There, there were no instruments. There were, there, there were things that, that maybe uh, looked different in the midst, but the vision was still the same, that people would gather in one accord, right, with one heart in the word. And, and, and that in those things that we would learn and grow. We, we would read of educational buildings that would be built. In 1933, an educational building was, uh, was constructed and people would gather. And I read in, in the history of Calway where people would gather in large groups and they would gather in small groups. And in those places, they would gather under the light of kerosene lamps and they would open the word of God. And, and those kerosene lamps, they lighted the meeting house until 19... 34. We read that Nanahala Power and Light put wired lights in the church. And to think about all the blessings that we have today, that those wired lights were put in the church in 1934. And to light the church and to pay the debt from the lighting of that church, the church sold a lamp that hung in the church to pay a $2.50 debt that was still due on the wiring of the church house. I could just imagine them meeting and, and deciding to, to sell this lamp so that there might be light in the church house. You know, and Pastor Sean was sharing of the sacrifice that we were called to and in the, of the way that God has worked in our midst. And I think about the sacrifice that people have made. Not so simply there could be a light in this church house, but so that the light of Christ might shine throughout this community. And for the glory of God, God has worked in incredible ways. In the, in the 50s, there were a people who had this bet the farm kind of faith. They uh, were going to build a larger education wing, a place where people could gather and learn about the Word of God. And, and we would read that six families in Cowie Church pledged their personal property so that there could be a loan for that effort. We, we worship in a, a sanctuary that was built in 1964. And we see throughout the history of Cowie so many additions, so many things. And in 2004, uh, Sean shared about the great blessing that it was uh, to see a church come together. And, and, and I gather and I stand in, in a place right now that was built in 2004. This was a gymnasium uh, that was built. And, and when we uh, break bread together following this service, we'll be enjoying uh, the blessings of what took place in those days. God's plans are always bigger than we think. Multiple services, multiple pastors, people with a heart for the word of God to go forth. A, a people with, a, with one heart 
in the Word of God. And I'm reminded that the Spirit of God takes the Word of God and He uses it to grow the people of God. And as the people of God learn and know who God is, the natural response is that in unity we worship God. And and our heart today has been that we might come together and that we might walk in unity with one voice in worship. And, And what a blessing it is that we can't all fit in one worship space. What a blessing it is that God continues to grow our numbers. We read in the early church that day by day, the Lord was adding to their numbers those who were being saved. And we know that there is one heart that we might glorify and worship the King of kings and Lord of lords. That with one voice that we might lift high the name of Jesus. And not only with one voice do we come together in worship, but we go out to serve. There is one mission, one mission in the world. That's what God has called his people to. One heart in the word of God, one voice in worship, and one mission in the world. When we read the rest of these passages in, in, in the next part of Romans 15, we're going to see that it's been God's plan all along for there to be a people who were unified, people who you would never have dreamed of being unified, where Jews and Gentiles would come together and they would worship the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And it is a unified body that God uses to declare his message of reconciliation. In verse 8, the, the scripture speaks of Christ becoming a servant to the Jews. And, and, and Christ did this so that the Gentiles may glorify God for his mercy. And it is this unified, reconciled community that God has used in the past. And it is this unified, reconciled community that God continues to use to share this message of reconciliation that the world so desperately needs to hear. The Apostle Paul would quote uh, prophets throughout the Old Testament in these next verses, and we would see that it's been his desire all along. And then in verse 7, we see that, that, that all along, it's been his desire for all people, for Jew and Gentile, to praise him together, for Carolina and Kentucky fans to come together and lift high the name of Jesus. And even the Gator fans that experienced a bad day with Kentucky, that was just for you, Sean. You've been so kind, but that all those people would come together in one voice with one heart in the word of God and with one mission for the glory of Christ that we might come together worshiping Jesus together. Verse 11 says, and again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles and let all the peoples praise him, all the people praising him with one voice. And I'm reminded this morning, the mission continues. The view that Humphrey Posey saw in 1828, these fields fertile, this, this, this community that desired to see a church, that desired a place to gather and worship our God. Look at all that he has done. I'm preaching from this basketball court where Students are discipled every week, where hundreds gather on Sunday morning and we open the word of God. And God knew all of that. Brother Sean, when you walked in obedience, God knew. We didn't know what God was going to do, but God knew his plans and his purposes. The children's wing that we have seen uh, just filled with children week after week. God continues to draw young families and to see the work that God is doing in our midst is incredible. God's work is bigger than we think. And some of you may say, well, what's next? Where are we going? What are we doing? What is God doing in our 
midst. You know, and I'll just say this morning, there are so many things about the future that are unknown. There are so many things that we don't have every answer to, that we don't have every, uh, every next step all figured out, but there are some things that we know. We know that our God is great and his word is true. And we continue submitted to the word of God, gathering around the word of God in, in relationships with believers that we might grow together in his grace. We know that our God is great and his worth is declared in humble unity. It's this unity that is amidst diversity. Sean did a great job just, just leaning into what that looks like this morning. God is great and our mission continues. The gospel came to Humphrey Posey as a young boy and later in his life, as he surrendered his life to Christ, the gospel came to him and God knew that that same gospel that came to him was going to come to Cowie Valley and that gospel has come to us and it came to us not so simply that it would stay here, but so that the gospel might go forth uh, and that we might walk in the same vision that we would see in 1828, the same motivation that would bring Humphrey Posey, uh, a missionary to the Cherokee Indians, to this valley, the same call to make disciples that motivates the people of God uh, to give of themselves and to, to sacrificially live for the glory of his name. This one mission that we have have in the world. As I read in uh, a recent history, uh, just recording put together by Ann Bennett and Zena Pearl Brogdon, uh, two saints that have gone on to glory and also with Jan Fouts, this quote was there, that the Cowie church was and is made up of people coming from many walks of life who have found unique oneness in Jesus Christ, coming together as brothers and sisters in the bonds of love. You know, Cowie Baptist has walked with open hands in the past. We read in that same book that no one desires to stand still, for this means stagnation and death. Cowie Baptist Church dared not stand still. And with God as commander, the church has mothered five churches in Macon County and one in Swain County. Sending members out to organize these churches they have sent out, they have built, that they have stayed faithful. And the question is, what's next for the people of God that gather here at Cowie Baptist? And while I don't have every answer to that, it could be uh, that our next step might be to launch another service here. It could be that, that God might call us to send a people out somewhere. It could be that God might call us to revitalize the church. It could be all of these different things. It could be that God desires one day to build a building where, where with one voice we all are able uh, to come together and lift high the name of Jesus. But what I do know, it could be all of those things, but what I am confident of, that it is to make disciples, that it is to be on mission for the glory of his name. That's the, the call that we would read in Matthew 28, verse 19, that we would go into all the world and not simply that we would make converts, but that we would make disciples, that we would, would give ourselves to that cause. And I believe as I've prayed and as God has, has just spoken to me in my quiet time. I believe with all my heart, when I think about what's next for Cowie, when I think about those things, I believe God will give us as many people as the people of God here will commit to discipling. I believe that as we give ourselves and we pour ourselves out for the mission of Christ, as many as we would, 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 would disciple, as many as we could handle, I believe God will give those people to us. I believe that, that, that we will see God continue to grow our church, that we will see God continue to use this place and to use these people, right? Because we gather 
as the church. It's not about this building. It's not been about any building that's been in the past. It, it's been about uh, a, a people that, that God is assembling together, his church on mission for the glory of his name. God has used all of those things and he's used all of those people as tools that he has used. Uh, these, these, these buildings became tools that we could proclaim the good news of the gospel in. And I'm so grateful for all of those things. I'm so grateful for people like Sean that have come before me with a vision to, to walk in obedience to Christ and, and, to, and, and so many that I have the blessing of walking in the faithfulness of. But I am reminded and I was reminded when I became the pastor of this church that the mission of God goes on. Uh, when, when we look at, at pastor to pastor and all of these things and I'm so blessed uh, to, to be part of such a great legacy of men that have stood and preached the word of God. But I'm reminded that we are a moment on the mission of God and that his mission continues. And that if we'll be a people who will give ourselves to the mission, God will use us. It'll take intentionality. It'll take unity. It'll take sacrifice to be a people who are willing to live for something so much greater than ourselves, to live with open hands, that we would be people that would say, you know what, God, it's not about my kingdom, God, but I desire to see your kingdom come. God, that your will might be done in this community. And I pray that we would be a people who would who would gather in that posture with open hands that would cry out to a holy God and say, God, we pray, Lord, that the people that you have gathered here, God, that you would use us to reach this community. God, that you would use us to reach this city. God, that you would allow us to experience a move of God in our generation, in, in, a, in a generation where so many are leaving the faith, in a generation where there's so many obstacles that we could be a, a people. God, that you would give us that generation for the cause of Christ. And my prayer is that, God, you would continue to give us men and women committed to the cause of Christ, committed to standing side by side and doing life together. God wants to do something, I believe, in our midst that is greater than we know. And here's the truth. Every one of us, we play a part. As Sean read in Nehemiah 3, there were just person after person that we would read about. And they would lock arms side by side for the glory of of Christ. They were dependent on one another, using their gifts, their strengths. And I wonder this morning, would you surrender to his plan for his glory? Just with open hands, it would say, God, I know that you've assembled us here as the church. And God, you send us out on mission for the glory of your name. And God, I pray that we would have open hands you know, we read in Isaiah 6 when Isaiah saw the glory of, of God, that he encountered just the greatness of our God. We've sung about his greatness, how great our God is. He recognized very quickly how desperately uh, sinful he was in, in light of just the greatness of God and his holiness. He said, holy, holy, holy. The angels would cry out. He'd say, woe is me. I'm a man of unclean lips for my eyes have seen the glory of God. And we see that God allowed uh, just this beautiful moment where he was touched with this cold and, and his sins were forgiven. His sins were covered in that moment. And his response to all that God has done, his response to the greatness of God, his response to the to the to the. Uh, atoning uh, sacrifice, his response to his sins being forgiven was simply this, here am I, Lord, send me. 
And individually, as a body of believers, I pray that that might be individually our response to all that God has done in our lives. All that God has done in our past. All that God has done in, in, in this church. That we would have open hands that would say, here, my God, use me. I don't know what the future looks like. And listen, I don't believe God desires that we uh, have this kind of heart where we would say, God, tell me what you want me to do and then I'll do it. I believe God desires that we would come to him and say, God, I'll do it. My hands are open. Now tell me what you want me to do. And that's my prayer for us as a church. That with one mind and one accord, that we might seek the Lord. That we might come before him with a desire simply to walk in obedience to him. Because we serve a God who is in need of nothing. But he allows us to be part of the work that he is doing. My heart is that every believer would just open their hands and say, God, here am I. God, use me. God, allow me to be part of the work you're doing. Maybe you're here this morning. and you know, Sean was sharing a few verses in Romans that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And because of that, we are separated from God, that our sin has separated us. Maybe this morning you've gathered with us and you recognize that when we talk about having a relationship with God, that you were separated, that you are alone and, and you've never trusted in Jesus Christ. I want to invite you into relationship this morning. The scripture says in 2 Corinthians 5 that, that Jesus, that he who knew no sin, that he became sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. That we might recognize that apart from Christ, we have no hope, but that through the scriptures that we would be reminded that while the wages of sin is death, that the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ. And that if we would repent of our sins and trust and believe in Jesus, that we could pass from death to life, that we could look to the cross and recognize that what Jesus did on that cross, that it counted for me, that it counted for you. When you look to that cross and you say, God, I trust in what you have done in my place, that we could be born again, that we could be saved, not simply saved from hell, but saved for something, to be part of a people that in one mind, a people that with one voice, a people that are from all kinds of different walks of life, a people that would join Jews and Gentiles in glorifying and praising our God, a people set apart for a purpose to multiply a godly legacy among this world and to proclaim the good news of who he is. And I want to invite you this morning, if you've never trusted Jesus, to, to repent of your sin, to turn from your sin, and to trust in him this morning. We're going to have a time where we respond uh, to the greatness of our God. We have a time where we can reflect on all that God has done in our life. And we have so many reasons to be thankful. We have so many reasons to bless his name, to pray, to rejoice. For some of us, we may need to repent and, and just surrender ourselves to God. I'd say, God, allow me to be part of what you're doing in these days, in this generation. I'm going to pray for us. The band's going to come. Uh, Pastor Chris, Pastor Ron will be uh, upstairs. And uh, maybe that we just want to pray and ask God to use this church, uh, to use his people, um, to be a light until he returns. 
Let's pray together. Father, we are so grateful. Lord, for the word of God that we have heard this morning from Brother Sean, Lord, for the, the blessing of all that you are doing uh, in our midst. Lord, we, we are so grateful, Lord, for just legacies and, and God, the faithfulness of God of your hand at work throughout all of these years. And God, we know that you are not finished with us yet. Lord, and we're so grateful. Father, I pray that you would help us, God, with open hands. Lord, just to be a people surrendered to you, surrendered to your plan. And God, that was sacrificed with intentionality. And Lord, with that same bet the farm kind of faith that we have read about in our history. Lord, that we would cry out like Isaiah, here am I. Send me, send us. And God, we promise to give you praise because you alone are worthy. As we stand in worship together, all God's people said, amen. amen.